mine now. You belong to me. Today we are going to play a new fun game. Ciao e benvenuto nel podcast di Twin Peaks. Mi chiamo Dan. Mi chiamo Nico. In arrivo nello spettacolo. That's all I've got. <laughs> That's all I've got. <laughs> that was well done. Italian. I've been practicing for ages. So this is our Italian episode. Nicole, you chose this theme this time. E mambo, mambo italiano, e mambo. Yeah. yeah, you chose the theme. <laughs> and, and last time we chose Tenebrae. I've since learned how to pronounce that from last week. And Grandi Magazzini. After that, we're going to be picking the films for the next episode. And this time it's my choice of theme. Final part is Stitch Up, where, surprise, surprise, I lost the poll again, and I had to watch Extraterrestrial Visitors, which was about alien aardvark creatures. Um, and then we find out who lost the next, the next stitch up. Before all that, we kind of have carte blanche. So let's carte blanche. What should we talk about? So Movie Drone, they now have my question to get me off the wall of shame. I don't know what the answer are, answers are just yet because... We record it a little bit ahead. But when this episode comes out, the questions will be out. And um, my question for them was, what are your top five short films? And I'll, I'll share my top five that I gave to Mark and Steve. Okay. So number one was Seville, Sevilla. So that's a Dutch short film that I came across many years ago on Shorts of the Week. And I've watched it so many times. I actually watched it this week. It's a really lovely short film. The Neighbour's Window, which I believe got nominated for an Oscar and won Best Short in 2019. El Nino, which we've, we've discussed before. Oh, yeah. Oh. El Nino, yeah. Baghdad Messi. I just recently came across this short film and it's a really lovely short film. And the last one's Loop, which is a Pixar short film. And they're my top five. Oh, very nice. I went to a, I, I went to an all night Disney marathon once, and they had um oh, yeah. they, they had a short they had I think it was seven films and they, and they also had a short on in between, and when the short nice. came on because it was like, I mean Disney is not my choice of of things, but uh, when I went to see it they had like seven films and then the short came on and I I was furious because I thought this is another film is there eight films now that they're showing. I was going to have to stay in there for another like two hours, but luckily, <laughs> luckily it was a short. It was about a, a deranged donkey or something, and a man that runs at things. I don't know. It don't matter. But yeah, shorts, Pixar shorts. <laughs> Off topic again. It's me. <laughs> awesome. What else? What else have you been up to then, mate? This week, I watched a couple of movies. I watched The Relic, which I think last week after the podcast, I mentioned about I um I met this guy who does um, prosthetics. Yeah. And when I was working on Neighbours a couple of years ago, I had to pick up this, like, artificial limb and he was creating this creature and I was like, oh, what is this about? And he's like, oh, yeah, so this is the character and he was telling me all about it. And that film has now come out on Stan and it's called The Relic. Brilliant. So I watched that this week and it's it's not too bad. I would... um. Be interested to see what uh, Radio Gore Press might think of it. Is it a horror? It is. Yeah, it's a horror thriller. What else? What else have you been watching? I watched Horse Girl. Have you seen that? 
No, I haven't seen Horse Girl. It sounds it sounds brilliant though. I mean, is it about a horse, a girl that's half horse, half girl, or like, and which part is it? The top half or the bottom half of her that's horse? She got human <laughs> legs and the rest of her's horse. Got a human head and and I mean, tell me about this horse girl. I want to know which part of her was horse. <laughs> None of her is horse. Oh, false advertising. She just in she likes she likes horse riding. Um, but it's it's like a sci-fi thriller uh, movie. And I watched it for the first time this year and I have it on your Stitch Up films. <laughs> but now I'm, re- I'm removing it now because I watched it for the second time and I enjoyed it a lot more. It's very art house and bizarre and... Yeah. Yeah. Maybe watch it. I Maybe I should put it for Stitch Up and then you can watch it and review and be like, oh, this is actually not a bad film. Thanks, Nicole. I mean, what's, <laughs> what's not to like? A sci-fi about, I assume it's a robot horse then, maybe, if it's a sci-fi. It's, a, it's got, no. lasers, got lasers on its head or... No, no. It's about cloning. She thinks that she's been cloned and we don't want to give too much away. Okay. Well, grazie, grazie. Prego. Uh, the last thing I watched was a TV show, which I haven't completely finished, but I'll finish it uh, this week, called Made in Italy, Italian film, uh, Italian TV series, I should say. Okay. And it is about the fas- fashion industry and Irena, or Irene as we would say in English, she's 23 and things are not going well for her. She put her thesis in for at university and it didn't go well. Uh, she's about to get engaged and she's not too sure whether that's what she wants to do. And she gets an opportunity to intern at a fashion magazine. And you just see how she grows in, in that industry. Yeah. It's really good. And you also get to learn about Italian Ita- uh, fashion design. Okay. So every, every episode, they'll, uh, like the last episode I watched, which was episode six, was about Valentino. They they do like they sidetrack a little bit and they talk about his backstory about him getting into the fashion industry and and all that. So it was quite good. I I really enjoyed it. What have you been watching? First up, I watched a, a film that I haven't seen for ages called Equilibrium, and I saw this at cinema years ago when it came out. It's a sci-fi. I don't know if you know. It's just like a sci-fi action with Christian Bale. Sort of switch your brain off. Everyone's it's in the future. Everyone's not meant to have emotions because emotions are bad and they lead to war and violence. Christian Bale is what they call a grammaton cleric and he just goes around just punishing people for feeling emotions and killing them and stuff so yeah it's, it's great I mean it's a bit silly but it's, it's good fun there's some good action in it and it's you know Christian Bale doing Christian Bale stuff so for the last episode we watched Let the Right One In and uh, the only place I yeah. could find that was on Shudder so I got a seven day trial to Shudder I thought I'd make the most of this platform so I watched a few films so I watched um, a film called Prevenge which is about a pregnant right. woman that does murders. And it's quite funny. It's, it's like a horror comedy. That was pretty good. I, I, I quite, I recommend that one. There's some really, like, if you're a guy watching it, there'll be a few times when you cross your legs, I'm sure. I know I did. <laughs> it, it, I watched, <laughs> so at the weekend, I decided to strap myself in for a four and a half hour horror documentary called right. In Search of Darkness. Uh, and that was pretty good. It, is, it covered a lot of 80s horror films, you know, seminal titles really, a few behind the scenes stuff, marketing stories and, and that sort of thing. A little, sort of proper nerdy stuff that I can just get proper on board with. And apparently they're making a sci-fi version of this, 
which is is, yeah. is out at the end of the year. And also there's going to be a part two of the horror one as well. So another, there'll be nine hours in total of horror, 80s horror documentary, which sounds nice. glorious to be, to be quite frank. And then I watched a film, a foreign film called Blind Sun. I think it was Greek. I think it was set in Greece. And, and that was, that was all right. It was a bit, it's a bit long and drawn out, but it was about, basically about a bloke that's really thirsty and goes a bit mad. Um, probably a, an oversimplification, but it was, it was, it was a bit of a drag to be honest, but it was, it was all right. It, the ending was all right. It looked, it looked great. It looked really good, Okay. but just not enough happened. I watched a film called Host, which is one of these lockdown films. Saw this on Shudder. Yeah. Yeah. It's decent, mate. It's all right. It's, um, the thing about it is that it's, it's less, I think it was 56 minutes long. So it's less than an hour. And I think just at the point where I sort of started to get a bit tired of it, it was kind of coming to an end. I would, yeah, it's worth a watch. It's worth an hour of your time. I don't know if that would qualify as a short. I don't know what, what the time, running time is to qualify as a short, but that was pretty decent. There's some, some decent scares in there. I think the acting was really good. It was quite believable. And it, it kept me on the edge of my seat for, for the runtime, which is all you asked for, really. The last film that I watched on Shudder was Tenebrae which was obviously for the Italiano cinema. Hey. Hey. Well, Dad, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? That's Brooklyn, isn't it? Wait, why do you got to do this, huh? Why do you got to do this? You do that with your hand, eh? I don't know what that <laughs> is. <I'm>, this is, <laughs> might be highly offensive. <laughs> no, it's like, it's kind of like their way of uh, getting angry at each other. Miss Goosey? Like. Miss Goosey? <laughs> so on that note, then, should we move on to... Should we move on to section two, Italian cinema? Let's do that. Let's do it. And this was your choice, Italian cinema. We chose yeah. it last week. We whittled our choices down to Tenebrae and Grandi Magazzini. You have something to talk about, don't you? You have some Italian stuff, so... Let me educate you on Italian cinema. Educate my brain. Like many countries, uh, the first films that were produced in Italy were documentaries. And they were only a few, a few seconds long and they were mainly, um, their subjects were either news or celebrities. And their celebrities back in the day were like kings and queens or yeah. the Pope. What, what, what would it be these days? Like Kardashians or <laughs> Cardi B or something? Ozzy Osbourne? I don't know. That's how out of the loop I am. What's Cardi B? Yeah. I don't even know what a Cardi B is, mate. I don't want to know. <laughs> Italians, I don't care about Cardi B. <laughs> Yeah, so the celebrities um, were, were kings and queens and, 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 and religious and figures and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and then the first Italian movie that dated from 1896. Wow. It, was, it tells the visit of the king and queen in Florence. Uh, unfortunately, most of the footage was lost. The only uh, bit of footage that they have is shows Pope Leo VIII going to pray at the Vatican City. Even though uh, cinema in Italy has existed since like 1896, the proper birth of Italian film, the Italian film industry was between 1903 and 1909. Okay. And their, like, their peak period was 1914. And their first Italian Hollywood stars were Florence and Turin. In the Oscars, uh, Italian films have been nominated eight times for Best Picture. None of those times they've won. 
La Vita Bella would probably be the fir- uh, the most film that's been nominated for an Oscars, and they won three. So they won Best Actor, Best Original Score, and Best Foreign Film. Yeah. Uh, Italian director Bernardo Bertolucci, his film The Last Emperor won the most Oscars, which it's an I think it's a martial arts film, but I, th- I believe it. it won last. No, neither. Um, that's enough about cinema. Did okay. you want to learn some Italian? Well, I haven't written down <laughs> the Italian for no, so it's going to have to be C. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> oh. oh, I couldn't have broken that code. C. <laughs> C? Um, what for what? You, I guess the first thing you learn with a when you learn a foreign language is swear words, right? I think, I think so. Uh, yeah, definitely. I'll teach you three. <laughs> so Brilliant. do you know what katsu means? Katsu? Katsu. 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 No, I've got no idea. Katsu. <laughs> no idea. What does that mean? It doesn't even sound like an English mean, word. How am I meant to get it that? Means, it means... It means dick. But it's funny because when I was watching Made in Italy, the translation for that said fuck. Yeah. But hold on. Let's let's ask Google. Let's see if Google can, can uh, give me the translation. Hey, Google, how do you say dick in Italian? In Italian, that's... Oh, it doesn't even tell you. They bleeped it out. <laughs> Brilliant. It does say katsu, so it is right. <laughs> katsu means dick. Cool. I've written that down. I'll, I'll, I'll remember that. <laughs> Fungulo. That's pretty obvious. Fungulo. Does that mean mushroom face? <laughs> Fungi. Fungi is mushroom. Fungulo yeah. means fuck. <laughs> okay. Fungula. Oh now, I'm not, I'm not saying the words correctly. <laughs> this is going to be banned in Italy. We don't get any downloads in Italy anyway. <laughs> And my favourite uh, swear word, it's not, it's not a really bad word, but it's called manaja, which means damn it. But just the content, the context of saying manaja, it, just, it sounds like a, it's just a funny word for me. And in, like, it's in the way you say it. You can be really aggressive about it and throw your limbs in yeah. the air. <laughs> yeah. Well done, mate. Italian cinema, we learned a little bit about Italian cinema and some Italian swearing, so all good. Yeah. Thank you very much. No worries. Should we move on to the films? Yeah. All right. What do you want to start off with? I want to start with Tenebrae. Because okay. <laughs> it's a proper film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> right. I'm just going to keep saying Tenebrae over and over again, just because last week I kept saying Tenebrae. And I, hate, I hated <laughs> did myself. I, did I say it right? I think you week? said it right, yeah. But you probably pronounced yeah. it correctly as well. Tenebrae. <laughs> I just about 18 times I was editing. I seriously I wanted to peel the skin off my face. I kept saying Tenebrae, Tenebrae. I hated it. So Tenebrae. Bloody British. Bloody British. <laughs> right, Tenebrae. Directed by Dario Argento, 1982, 100 minute, 101 minutes long. Tagline is terror beyond belief. 
And a brief synopsis on letterboxes, an American writer in Rome is stalked by a serial killer bent on harassing him while killing all people associated with his work on his latest book. As we said, 1982, uh, Dario Argento, Argento obviously worked on 77 Suspiria as well. And the cinematographer on, on this, on, on Tenebrae, was Luciano Tavoli. At, yeah, yeah. Bloody so, brilliant. Practicing, mate. <laughs> Look at you. Look at you. <laughs> But yeah, he, he also worked on Suspiria as well. And and that's all one thing about this film is it looked really good, I thought I thought. I couldn't find budget or box office on this. Mm. So I'm just gonna go straight into the cast. So the cast was Anthony Flandioza as Peter Neal, as the author, guy, main guy. And yeah, I think he had a touch of sort of William Shatner about him for some reason. I kept thinking of William Shatner the way he was talking. He was very, very Shatnery. John Saxon plays Bulmer, who's John Saxon is of kind of Elm Street fame and insert many other horrors. Daria Nicolodi as Anne and Giuliano Gemma as Detective Giumani. How are you liking those pronunciations there, mate? Pretty good, mate. I'm quite impressed. I shit you not, I was lying in bed last night, couldn't sleep, and I was just sitting there going, <laughs> <laughs> sitting there going, Giuliano, my neighbours must have thought I was going mad. Or I had company, I don't know, one of the two. <laughs> oh, you had a Giuliano at your at your apartment last night. <laughs> Giuliano! <laughs> Giuliano! So, Brilliant. Tenebrae, in Latin, literally translate to shadow and darkness. Um, mm-hmm. Which makes sense, I mean, it's pretty pretty dark, this film, isn't it? The first thing, the first thing I'll say about this film is that when it first started, I almost shat myself with excitement because the the, the opening score is uh, it's, it's Goblin. It's members of Goblin that have done a score again that did the same people that did Suspiria, and I'm a big fan of the Suspiria score. And yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Um, this one's memorable as well because, well, for me it is because I didn't actually realise, but one of my favourite groups, artists, Justice, had sampled Tenebrae in their 2007 album cross and it's phantom it's um i don't know if you know that album cross no <laughs> i probably had it on at work quite a lot to be fair okay when yeah we used cool. to put our music on but yeah they so i was yeah. i was absolutely over the moon when i heard that so i've been listening to that a lot and yeah as we say it's about an author who's kind of doing a, a book tour peter neil william shatner i'm just gonna call him bill <laughs> when, when he gets to rome um girls start being murdered and um yeah i mean i guess the first kill someone finds one of the girls and slits her slices her throat and shoves pages of peter neil's latest book into her mouth yeah what did you think of the kills in this it was great it kind of reminded me of um hitchcock's psycho a little bit yeah uh, which is some, a movie that I sh- I really would like to see again. I would really like to see it. I haven't seen that for a long, long time. I guess like in the, those period films, like they emphasise on the on the weapon, you know, going into the subject and the blood in mm. that they used in this film, the vibrant uh, red paint colour. Yeah, it was excellent. Yeah, there were some brutal. There were some brutal kills in this. The one thing I will say that there wasn't enough of it. Some of them were pretty brutal. <laughs> some of them were pretty brutal. <laughs> uh, but it did take quite a, quite a while to sort of get there. There was I, I like really like, I enjoyed some of the camera work on this though. There was a really cool sequence when 
at the camera sort of came out of an apartment out of a, a building and it, it kind of reversed out of the window and went up the house and all this time i'm going to say justice but the goblin soundtrack was was playing and it yeah. went up the house and then over the roof and then went back down and that was all crane shot apparently and it was just all i don't know it, it felt like a like another character in in the film like it was like the camera was kind of stalking these these victims i just thought it, i thought it worked really well i watched it i just thought oh, he's just showing off here and they like <laughs> clearly just put this in just look what i can do yeah. but yeah. I, I lapped it up i thought i thought that was really good there was some really interesting camera shots in this i thought kind of positioning of the camera quite voyeuristic obviously i mean it's about a murderer so i mean that kind of works obviously within the realms of the story they're trying to tell i didn't understand i, I don't know why the dog was attacking maria I, I i must say i don't I, know why that happened i do know the reason behind that is there a logical so they, reason? Um, there is a little bit there's um so they they mentioned the was it a film or a book the hound of the, the, hound of the baskets of of, of course yeah. Of Hand of the Baskervilles, right? Okay. Because they mentioned that book a number of times throughout the film. Yeah. Uh, that's why the, that scene with Maria getting attacked by that hound is relevant. I wanted to know about the heels, the red heels. When, so there's like a flashback of a woman mm. and she's like running towards the beach and there's these three men and it's very sexualized. And this one, and then another guy comes to her and like slaps her in the face and then runs off and then they attack this guy and she's wearing these red heels. And then is it Jane uh, gets a pair of these red heels and she wears them just before she gets killed. And I think I could be completely wrong because, uh, is it Neil? Is it Neil? What, Peter? Well, the writer guy, Peter Neil. Yeah, <laughs> Peter. And I was like, Neil, Peter. Yeah, his character potentially killed this woman. The this woman that was at the beach. Maybe the re- the resemblance of you know her wearing those heels. That's why he's given it to Jane and then murdered her as well. Yeah, I mean, it's got some obviously some relevance because the one thing about this film is that I guess it's kind of made to look quite lavish and glamorous. I would say there's some fashionable in, in quotation clothing and cars mm. and the set designs quite futuristic and quite um sort of pristine and stuff so i don't know if it's maybe just in keeping with that visual aesthetic or whether there's some kind of deeper relevance to that Me. color or, or, or the shoe because they really did emphasize it a lot they did keep focusing on it so i do think that there's mm-hmm. more to it but i don't know what it is mate i'm not clever enough to know so yeah so we've already mentioned the end. So let's 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 talk about the twist because I did you. Uh, there was a point when you know the the part where Peter takes the. This is irresponsible, by the way. Let's take a teenager to a to go and hunt down a murderer, but he, you know he does it. He <laughs> um, goes. Um, they go to the house to try and because they f- think that they figured out who the who the killer is, and. Peter goes missing and at that point I kind of thought no I think it might be Peter here but it was more complicated than that which I didn't see coming at all so there was a murderer wasn't there and then Peter killed the murderer and he took over yeah. <laughs> took over on, on murder duties okay. he took the baton on and he changed his weapon he, he turned he started using an axe and, and, and hacking yeah. people's limbs off and stuff but he killed he killed a couple of people didn't he yeah. and he, it turns out he just sort of lost his mind like like 
like you were saying earlier about when he killed the girl on the beach he'd lost his mind and sort of he'd been writing about murder ever since and and now he had this opportunity to take over on some 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 more murders and he loved it he couldn't wait to get going on the murders he thought it was, he thought mm. it was great but i really enjoyed that twist and especially at the very end as well i didn't i didn't obviously peter starts taking people down with, with axes and the, the the policeman he sort of catch, he catches him red-handed doesn't he and yeah. Peter's kind of sitting there all distraught and he sort of gets up and he slices his own throat, which looked yes. really good. I was like, yes, 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 this is great. And he's lying on the floor <laughs> I, I, and then the detective goes, goes outside and he comes back and the, the corpse has disappeared. Um, and it was a fake knife and it was, the, the knife was filled with blood. blood. Yeah, that was <laughs> yeah. awesome. That, that was, was brilliant. Great. I didn't see that coming at all. I think that there should, I would have liked to see more more kills in this film it was kind of like a bit of a murder mystery up until like an hour and a quarter maybe um and i kind of started to get a bit tired of it yeah so i put i put this on this morning and you know press play and it was in english and i was like hold on a second why have they dubbed this in english and i was like trying to fix it and it wasn't working i was like okay well it's in english that's fine they did do this film in english because they wanted to uh hopefully get more more sales in the u.s and then they dubbed it in italian for domestic viewers and i think that annoyed me a little bit because suspiria is in italian isn't it no I, I, it's, it's not. In, it's in English. I don't know. It might be dubbed. So I'm not sure. I'll have to check. I have to check up no. on that. But it's. I want to watch this area again. It's great, but it's, but yeah, this one as a as a film, it's sort of. I thought it was all right. It's, I really liked the score. I thought it looked great. I really liked the kills, but there were long stretches where I was a bit bored. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I don't know. It probably says more about me than any, any anything else. But I, I, yeah, well, what are your thoughts on it? I'll probably give it a seven. It's not a bad score. I I, to- I totally agree with you. That's what that's what I've got written down. I was sort of I was sort of in between a six and a seven. But then I thought there's enough in there that I really like, like the music and the, like mm-hmm. the, the camera work and. Uh, there's some really interesting. I mean, and they get a point just for having John Saxon in there. Um, there's enough in there to enjoy and I probably will watch it again I, I tried to put it on again last night actually but for some reason my shutters stopped, decided to stop working so oh. I didn't I didn't get to see it again but yeah it was I found it a little dark, dull in places but there was enough in there to enjoy it and maybe I should give it another go maybe I, maybe I'd enjoy it a bit more on a second viewing knowing what I'm getting so we agreed then so we agree this film is a 7 out of 10 fact I have one fact actually about this film uh, and it's only a short one it's banned in Germany. Yeah. Germany is the last place I'd expect this to be to be <laughs> to be banned, but apparently it is. It could have been either Britain or was it Italian? It was one of the countries. Uh, so you, the poster Tenebre, it's of uh, the first woman that gets killed, and you see her like you know her her neck's being cut, and. Um, to make it a bit more less controversial, they put like a red ribbon around her neck for the poster. And there's a couple of spellings. I don't know what the difference in the spellings are all about, but you know, they uh, read the same thing. So, so the with the B 
R A E uh, spelling. So that that actually means uh, it's a religious service that happens around Easter time. Those three days. It's the extinguishing of the candles, isn't it? The, the extinguishing of the lights. It's something to do mm-hmm. with that 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 kind of celebration, which I guess is kind of what the the victims are doing. They're being extinguished. I don't know. Exactly. Links. There you go. We made links. We <laughs> solved it. We solved it. We solved Tenebrae. Should we move on to Grandi Magazzini? Let's move on to Grandi Magazzini, which was apparently, apparently, <laughs> this is a film. <laughs> I chose this from your list last week. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find this anywhere. Uh, the only the only version of this I could Same. find <laughs> was in Italian, <laughs> and I don't speak I don't speak speak Italian. Obviously, I don't know if you if you if you picked up on that. But um, so most most of my comments scratch that. All all of my comments are going to be visually based questions to you. Uh, for example, okay. why was the shop assistant wrapping a toilet basin? I have met. <laughs> I have many questions about this. So film. funny. Was it though? <laughs> it was just stupid. <laughs> just stupid humor. Oh, listen, mate. I, so it's in Italian. I didn't have a clue what they were talking about. Listen, <laughs> please, please tell me what this film was about. What was the bloke in the toilet doing? <laughs> what was he doing? Do you want to do it? Do you want to do an intro to this film? <laughs> I don't even want to do an intro. Shall I do it right? Okay, let's. Li- you're right. I'll do an intro. <laughs> so, department store or Grandi. Oh, fuck me. So, department store Grandi Magazzini was directed by Franco Castellano Giuseppe Mocca. A series of skits involving customers and store personnel from several departments of a big department store, and it says comedy. Uh, but I think. Yeah, I mean, I guess over, over to you, you mate. Understood. Over to you, mate. <laughs> well, I mean, my Italian's not that amazing. I understand bits and pieces throughout it. So, um, throughout this film, I guess you there's different skits with different people. Yeah. So the police officer, he's like fucking useless. He doesn't. He does terrible. <laughs> he's terrible at security. One of the skits I kind of find a little bit amusing was the uh, blonde woman, she's like, she goes in and she looks at all the crystal. Is uh, this the one that got stuck in the fridge? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was one of my questions. So, sorry to interrupt you. Oh, so she loses her contact lens and then she's like trying to, you know, walk around the store. Right. And the one skit that uh, she comes past a mannequin who's pointing and she asks him, oh, where is the exit? And then she follows his arm. It's like, oh, thank you. And then she just walks. I think that might be the same. Then she walks into uh, the fridge because she thinks that's a lift. She's like, oh, yeah, cool. Walk in. And then right at the end, you think she thinks that she got home okay, but she's actually in one of the bedroom, the bedroom department of the store and she falls asleep there. It's just a bunch of silly skits throughout the film, and it's yeah. a, a, I guess it's done in a day as well. I think it's the sort of film that you would really struggle with if you didn't know the language. I think because <laughs> yeah, you would think it would be simple because, like you say, it's just a load of skits. So I was thinking, oh, it, it won't be so bad because it's just like a lot of visual comedy. 
but without mm -hmm. the, I, I don't know without the dialogue i just i had zero context i mean i've got the i've got the jokes the jokes where yeah. that man's falling over or this woman's <laughs> walks in walks into a fridge i mean it's not it's it's, it's not my sort of thing to be honest it's not my sort yeah. of my sort of humor anyway but and i think couple that with not being able to understand how they all link up i didn't i didn't like this i thought this is terrible <laughs> this is terrible <laughs> i hated it i hated it shit film shit it was now it was too long as well why was it an hour and yeah, 50 minutes like long almost, almost two hours long <laughs> it, like it, this film doesn't yeah. need to be any more than like an hour and 20 minutes at most there was only one 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 point when i got excited in this film and i thought someone said pacino and i thought oh is Al Pacino in this? <laughs> no. Turn, turned out I'd misheard and he'd just said cappuccino. So Oh yeah. That was that was the, the most excitement I had during this film, I've got to be honest. One thing that was kind of interesting that they use how the mannequins were used through this film. Yeah. Like there was a, a, a attractive woman walks past and then all of these mannequins they turn their heads towards her. I thought that was <laughs> right. kind of funny yeah. uh, way. You know how they used the mannequin with uh, the the girl who uh, Matt can't see. She's lost her contact lenses. Um, what else was funny in this? So now I'm scratching my head, mate. <laughs> the toilet. The toilet scene was kind of funny. It went I, on for I, about I just, like, eight minutes, though. <laughs> yeah. Just even trying to put paper around it. It's, oh, it's, I've seen it. I've seen it a hundred times before. I've never seen someone trying to wrap a toilet. I grant you that. I'll give you. I'll wrap a toilet for you for Christmas. Would you mind? <laughs> yeah, done. Thanks. It's and on if, your wish list. Yeah, film it as well. I bet it would be funnier than this film. <laughs> Look, it's my own. It's my own fault. I chose it for. I chose it from your list. I've really got to start probing you more about these these film choices because when I when I sort of um, heard a couple of things about the other choices you made, and I thought, oh, I wish I'd chosen them. <laughs> I wish I'd chosen one of them now. Yeah. Was it Life is Beautiful and, and Cinema Paradiso? We should have watched one of those. But you live and learn, didn't you? I now know to yeah. actually ask you. I might, <laughs> next time I might just ask you a question quite simply, is it good? Because, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've got nothing else to say about Grandy Magazine. Mate, I think you've answered all of my questions or about the, the complicated nature of the plot. Uh, how it all is kind of woven together like a like a Christopher Nolan film is I mean <laughs> apparently they were all known uh, Italian actors from that time or comedians from that time as well that so, does make yeah. it does feel like a film from the 80s where they just put a load of people in famous people in it and go let's just do whatever you want don't worry how don't matter how shit it is you're all famous so you everyone's going to watch it <laughs> yeah. maybe it's maybe it's it, just, it felt like a carry-on film to me and that's really not my sort of humor at all it's a bit it's a bit pg for my for my sort of taste mate <laughs> sort of film you could put on with your kids what? yeah oh absolutely you if, you, if you had kids or someone else's kids i don't know but yeah. i disagree I, I i say put on put on the tenebrae anyway I've got a rating for this what film, mate. I don't know if you've got anything else to say about it before I give, it, give this my rating. Yeah, go. 
this is this is for me this is a film worthy of stitch up i'm going to be a bit unkind but i just i thought it was terrible i'm going to give it two stars um oh wow and the, the, <laughs> the, the two stars right i thought because they had a, a bloke in a shiny blue suit and i thought oh, that looks cool um there was a pink panther in the was part of the set design and you know pink panthers always improve the situation mm. uh and they were using those little little blue pens where you can change the colors of, of, of the pens and i really like uh, trying to find reasons to, to give this film two stars what, what what do you think what's your I, i'm being unkind what's your thoughts on it i probably would give it Originally, I was going to say six, but it's not quite a six. I'd probably give it like a five out of ten. Like it wasn't, it wasn't terrible. I guess if we both understood mm. uh, the language, uh, understood the movie a bit more, we would kind of get the jokes. But because we don't speak Italian, it's not our first language. It's hard for us to get those little skits. We properly screwed yeah, up the Italian selection, didn't we? <laughs> Brandy yeah. Magazzini. Yeah, I watched. I watched both of these films the past couple of days. No, Tenebro was quite good. Yeah, Tenebro was alright. But yeah, with this film, I was like, oh, this is disappointing for Italian cinema. There yeah. are so many. There are so many films, Italian films out there. We haven't done Italians justice. Well, let's move on, please. <laughs> Unless you've got anything else to say about <laughs> Italian cinema. <laughs> that's it this is your choice this week yeah so next next episode it's back to me again my, my turn to choose a topic and we'd spoken about this actor last week or i spoke about this actor last week for when i was talking about Suspiria remake so let's let's go with uh tilda swinton she's a brilliant actor she's, she's done some and i look for imdb and she's got some really really solid good films whoever chooses the topic gets to go first yes so i'm going to hit you with my three okay number one we need to talk about kevin uh i had a feeling you were going to choose that yes great fantastic number two the war zone okay number three ogja Oh, yeah. They're my three. I'm trying to figure out what films. Okay, I'm going to cut that one out. I'm going to cut that one out. One, I'll two, three, I'll do a little three, song four. while you're choosing. Get into do, the groove. Oh, you got to do. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mambo. <laughs> hey, Mambo. Funny story. I saw someone wearing a Venga Boys t-shirt yesterday and it made me think about you. Oh, laugh. brilliant. <laughs> I don't think they brilliant. were wearing it ironically either. They probably love the Vanga Boys. Probably. I mean, what's not to like? What's your three? Okay. Yep, cool. I've got them. Okay. Um, my first pick is Moonrise Kingdom. Okay. Uh, my second choice is Hail Caesar. Okay. And my third pick is Any Lovers Left Alive. Can you give me a brief... Um, Hail Caesar. I know what Hail Caesar is. I'm not familiar with Moonrise Kingdom or Only Lovers Alive. What year are these? Only Lovers Arrive. So Only Lovers Arrive is 2013, directed by Jim Jaramushk and Moonrising. Uh, came out in 2012, directed by Wes Anderson. 
Moonrise was. Mm-hmm. Moonrise okay. Kingdom. All right, let's do a quick recap then. So I chose We Need to Talk About Kevin, The Warzone, and Okja. You chose Moonrise Kingdom, Hail Caesar, and Only Lovers Left Alive. Knocking out. First round of knocking out time now. What? I mean, um, do you know what you're going to get rid of out of mine? I think I'm going to get rid of Okja just because okay. I've watched it before and I it's fantastic. But I want to know... I've. Well, we've discussed we need to talk about Kevin before on the podcast when we did, was it Best Picture? Oh, no, uh, Women Directors. Lim Nancy directed, yeah. directed that, who did um, You Were Never Really Here also. That's right. And Warzone, I've never, I, I, I want to know more information about this film. Okay, fair so, enough. So Okja is now gone for my list. That means I can't say Okja anymore. <laughs> out, out of yours... I'm going to knock out Hail Caesar. Cool. Because I'm just not that interested in watching this film, to be honest with you. Fair enough. <laughs> That's fair. Sometimes I like to be blunt. Yeah. <laughs> so to recap then, to recap, we've got left, we need to talk about Kevin and the war zone in my list, Moonrise Kingdom and Only Lovers Left Alive in yours. Should I do the little little synopsis bit and talk a little bit about the film? Yeah, left? Let's, so, let's do that. We need to talk about Kevin. We mentioned before that it was directed by Lim Ramsey, who also directed You Were Never Really Here. Uh, brilliant director. 2011, 113 minutes long. This is a very dark film. Did you say you, you've not seen this? Or you have seen I've it? I've not seen this. No, I've not seen it. It's very dark. I think, and by the, by the sounds of it, the other one's dark as well. So it might be, a little, I don't know, maybe we should, you know, strap <laughs> ourselves in for something that's going to be a, get, be a little bit grim next week, maybe. Yeah. But the synopsis of this film, after her son Kevin commits a horrific act, troubled mother Eva reflects on her complicated relationship with her disturbed son as he grew from a toddler into a teenager. And mm-hmm. yeah, disturbing. Um Tilda Swinton, Ezra Miller as Kevin, um, and what's the dude's name? John C. Riley as well. And they're kind of this family. And, and as we say, Kevin commits a horrible crime or, or horrific act. And it's about his upbringing and, and everything that happened about to him growing up and why he might have gone in certain directions. It's a fascinating character study on parents and how they're, a parent's behaviour affects a child's behaviour. Yeah. Yeah, it's really it's super dark, but really interesting. And it's one of those films now, now I I've, I know how it ends. I think um, there's a lot of stuff in there I might be able to appreciate a bit more. The War Zone, I haven't seen this one. Um, as I say, it was recommended to me and it was directed by Tim Roth. Came out in 1999 and it's 98 minutes long. And the tagline is, when the worst of men hides in a family with no history. And the synopsis reads, an alienated teenager, saddened that he has moved away from London, must find a way to deal with a dark family secret. So it doesn't give too mm. much away in that synopsis. Uh, I don't know I don't know too much about this. It's got Tilda Swinton in it. Uh, Ray Winston um, is in there somewhere. So it's a, a British film. Uh, and that's all really I can say about it. So it sounds, again, like it's quite dark. My film. So Moonrise Kingdom, uh, directed by Wes Anderson, uh, 20, 2012 film. Yeah. 
Uh, synopsis is set on an island off a coast of New England in the summer of 1965. Moonrise Kingdom tells the story of two 12-year-olds who fall in love, make a secret pact and run away together into the wilderness. As various authorities try to hunt them down, a violent storm is brewing offshore and the peaceful island community turns upside down in more ways than anyone can handle. So that's Moonrise Kingdom. Okay. Um, and Only Lovers Left Alive. So 2013 film and the synopsis is a desperate musician re- reunites with his lover in a desolated street of Detroit. Though their romance has endured several centuries, it is tested by the arrival of their an unpredictable younger sister. What's the genre? Romance and drama, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> Both of my films are kind of romantic. God, why do you keep putting romance stuff on? But these look like they don't. I don't think it's that type of romance <laughs> that you, you wouldn't like to see. Right. Yeah, fair enough. Did you say Only Lovers Left Alive? Is that? Did you say that was set? Is that a period film? It's been endured over many centuries, so it may be period. We don't know. Yeah, it does. Look, it does look like a period film. Only, I mean, yeah, it does look like a period film. It looks, yeah, looks alright. Picture looks alright. I've got to say, like, I, uh, the picture's probably sold me a little bit more. Next question: uh, Only lovers left alive. Would you? Does it look like that? Tilda's the main star of this. She is, yeah. So Tom Hiddleston, Ooh. and and is Adam, and Tilda Swilden is Eve. Hmm. Interesting. All right, I'm really liking asking these more questions. This is definitely helping me. Uh, I think I know cool. what I'm going to go for. Do you want to know some more stuff about mine before before we go there, or, or should, should I just choose? Mm, maybe a little bit more about Warzone. All right. You probably, you're like, I don't know anything else about this film. <laughs> I'll tell you what I do, is I'll find the IMDb synopsis and we'll just read a different synopsis. Yeah, sure. Just keep on reading synopsises until we get it right. The IMDb synopsis is exactly the same as the letterbox one. It's got seven point three. It's got seven point three on uh, on the on its scores. Um, yeah, Ray Winston, Annabelle Apsian, Kate Ashfield, Laura Belmont, Colin Farrell, Tilda, and she plays Mum in both films. It seems. Yeah, good shout. Hmm. God, this is hard. You know what? I'm going to get rid of Warzone and okay. we're going to watch We Need to Talk About Kevin because I've wanted to watch that film for a while. All right, cool. We need to talk about Kevin. So out of yours, Moonrise Kingdom and Only Lovers Left Alive, for the longest time, I was I was going to go for Moonrise Kingdom and then you showed me the picture <laughs> and there was blood in it. So I'm going to go for Only Lovers Left Alive. We're going to keep that Brilliant. and get, get rid of Moonrise Kingdom. Brilliant. Okay, so for our Tilda Swinton episode next week, we're going to be reviewing We Need to Talk About Kevin and Only Lovers Left Alive. And as we say, it's my turn, so I'll, I'll do a, a little bit of research into the woman. Pick's done awesome. then. Uh, do you, have you got any honourable mentions? Are there any, any others that you were considering putting on for your Tilda choices? Um, I had adaptation as an okay. option. David Copperfield, but I don't think she was, I don't know how much uh, she was in that film. Man from London was another option as well. 
And that's it. Okay. And we need to talk about Kevin was on my list originally. Was it? Yeah. Well, I, I had on um, honourable mentions. I haven't seen the, uh, the personal history of, of David Copperfield, but I was considering putting it on. Mm. But like like you, I kind of thought, is it really a Tilda film? It's more of a Dev Patel film, I, I think, by looks of it. Yeah. And it, it looks good. I mean, Armando Iannucci directed it, and I, I, adore, I adore Iannucci's work. I think he's absolutely brilliant at what he does, comedy-wise. Um, Grand Budapest? 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 <laughs> Grand Budapest Hotel. I was considering putting that on, but as with David Copperfield, I thought, it's not really a Tilda film, is it? So I left that off. And um, yeah. The other one was Burn After Reading, but again, same reasons. I think mm. she's got a, a part in it, but I don't think she's I don't think she's part of the main cast. Could be wrong. I don't really remember it. But. Tilda Swinton next week. End of section two, which means that we've got to move on to section three. And um I mean, guess what happened last time? Guess what happened last time? I I lost the poll. What happened then? Please tell me. <laughs> and what was this? My third third time in a row, is it? It is. So I'm going to get straight in there. So I had to watch Extraterrestrial Visitors, which is a Spanish film. And I was a little bit disappointed because I went on Amazon Prime and I thought, oh, like Grandi Magazine, it was in Italian. I thought maybe I'll just watch this in Spanish. But it was dubbed. It was dubbed in English. So I got to understand everything that they were saying. Uh, I got to understand every nuanced piece of information they had in here because Mm -hmm. it's really like so well fleshed out, like the character development. And the costumes are great. I thought you enjoy this film for a second. I'm like, oh, shit. Well, um, so 1983, it's directed by, it was directed by one, I'm going to screw this up massively, but it was directed by one picker, Simon, Simon. Do you want me to check it? We'll go with that. No, it's fine. We'll go with that. Uh, (laughs) Let's just get this over with. Um, Yeah, Simon. Don't worry, but it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Let's move on. Right. So there's a boy. There's a boy, and he loves centipedes. He loves centipedes, and he loves telescopes. So when wow. an alien eggs land near his house, he he can't resist going to find these alien eggs, and uh, he takes the one of these eggs. He steals an egg from this alien nest. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they've got here on this asteroid as well, and there's like about a ten minute sequence of this asteroid arriving to Earth. Right. There was a lot of filler in this film. So yeah, he takes the egg back to his 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 home, and as you do, you know, you, you if you find a giant alien egg, what do you do? You obviously you put it in the bed with you, don't you? Like you go to bed with it. So why this why while while this kid's kind of found this egg and he's looking after this egg, there's a couple of other groups of people. So there's a, a couple of poachers in a forest. There's three poachers. One of them's called Sam, and he go he disappears quite early. For some for some reason, they keep saying to him, "Sam, go and get the ladders." And they say it about eight times, "Where's Sam? We can't find these ladders." I never found out what they needed the ladders for, mate. <laughs> to be honest, that just sort of died a death, and Sam went I'm missing. About to ask you that question. I don't know. Wooden ladders, talk to me. Sam uh, Sam disappears, and he gets constellationized by an alien aardvark creature, which I'm not going to explain what that means. Uh, so there's another group of people, another group of recording artists, and they're kind of in a studio. There's about a five-minute sequence of them singing a song. So they go off on a... For ages, I was thinking, for about 40 minutes, I was thinking, how are these three groups of people connected? And then, obviously, they all head into the forest. Alien attack. Alien attack aardvark creatures. They're hmm. probably bad creatures, but spoiler alert, they're not bad. Okay. Well, are they bad? They do some murders, so you could, you, could, you could say that they're bad, but they're just defending themselves. That's... That's the thing is that they're just, 
they're just like us, really. They just get a bit scared. They're just, they're just alien aardvark creatures like any other creatures. They've got feelings, and if their feelings are hurt, maybe they lash out, and maybe they regret it later. And it's a story. It's just, it's a story of growth and human aardvark growth. Um, <laughs> the music in this is really good. It gets a status for the music. Oh. I have to say, it's the best yeah. thing about this. It's a very strange film, mate. It's a very strange film. So the kid's got this egg, right? And I was saying about the kid's got this egg, and then I went off on, to, on a tangent on some other stuff. But this egg, so he's got this egg. And obviously the egg hatches, and it breaks open, and, and what is revealed is this really cute, slimy, alien, aardvark creature. And almost immediately, it grows about seven foot into, into the size of a, a large human, I guess. Mm. Uh, oh, no, it's not, that's not fair. It's, it does go into child size first and it just sort of moves around and it makes funny noises and the kid goes the kid calls it trumpy because it's you know it's got a it's got a big old nose instead of putting things in its mouth it sniffs all its food so it's just, it sniffs sniffs a bowl of milk and i i haven't laughed so much in ages it's, <laughs> if you're gonna watch this film don't don't watch the whole thing just there's a couple of scenes in it which are worth watching which are hilarious they had me dying of laughter and i can't tell you how how funny it is probably not meant to be but it is he sees trumpy doing these murders right so he's really disappointed with trumpy he's like trumpy you're my mate trumpy can control electrics apparently um it can switch turn light switches on and off you know just in case you don't want to walk over to the light switch he can just do it with his mind well, we've got them already haven't yeah. we we've got those clappers you just yeah. clap your hands like it's not really that impressive you, is it well siri can tell can switch off your or google google home and all that type of stuff can do that for you now I'll tell you what Siri can't do. I bet Siri can't telepathy chairs to make chairs float around in the ceiling. Trumpy can, mate. Go. Everyone needs a Trumpy in their life. It's sort of, it's sort of a bit like ET. It's People don't like need ET. Trump in their life, mate. People don't need Trump. Ah, I didn't even get that. <laughs> I said Trumpy. Yeah, you're Sorry. right. We, no one needs a Trump, <laughs> but we all need a Trumpy. Um, what was I saying? It's kind of an ET-ish sort of thing. Boy becomes friend with alien aardvark creature uh maybe people want to murder the alien aardvark creature boy mm-hmm. thinks that trumpy's murdering these these humans but it turns out it was trumpy's mates or his family or whatever but they were murdering them because they were scared so that's fine there's a scene where the little boy's mum wants to shotgun trumpy in the face and blow his face off of his body so Aww. he kind of steps in front of trumpy because they, because they think he's a murderer. Like, to be fair, they've seen these alien aardvark creatures murder people. You know, it is yeah. just a bigger misunderstanding between the two factions of humans and alien aardvark creatures. But without mm-hmm. that, there wouldn't be a screenplay. And where would we be without extraterrestrial visitors? God, the world would be a much worse place without this film. I tell you, the human characters are, are really dull. The dialogue is terrible. The costumes are so bad. Define I find bad. Um. I I once went to a, a music festival in the UK called Global Gathering. And I don't know if it's still on, but I went, it was about 12 years ago and I went in a gorilla costume. And I, I, I honestly, no lie, my gorilla costume was more convincing than these alien aardvark creature costumes that they had in this film. <laughs> you could literally, you could, they had like a, you could see like they had a bodysuit and they had like a, um, like a mask on a full full like head covering mask but you could see mm-hmm. the neck you could see the you could see the human's neck and you could see the hands it's like the human hands so it's i mean the budget must have been about four pound fifty on this <laughs> but i mean 
full marks for trying. I mean, if you if you've got a super low budget and you're trying to make an alien film, <laughs> I'd rather watch this than Grandy Magazine. There you go. It gets a star for the music. It gets it gets a star actually for for one surprisingly good practical effect, uh, mm-hmm. where one of the alien creatures gets gets deft, <laughs> gets killed, and um, you see his body sort of being consumed by the earth. And that was a, I don't know how they did that, but that was a really good mm. little kind of a, maybe a stop motion thing. Who knows? Uh, yeah. It probably was. It probably was. But that looks all right. So I'll give it a star for that, and I'm going to give it half a star for just being crazy <laughs> and funny you know it's in the same way that the room is funny i guess it's poor it's poorly made but kind of hilarious and i think you, you could put this film on with your mates have a bit of a drink not pay much attention to it but just tune in for these very select moments that are kind of moments of genius uh and quite entertaining but other than that i mean it's a poorly made film um but i'm going to give it two and a half justice leagues because it's it's a bit of fun you know, snakes. I was saying snakes in a train last week is that nothing happened in that. It was just boring. And it was a while yeah. before stuff happened in this. But enough was going on to not be totally bored. Not as bored as I was on yeah. snakes in a train. And it's 80s and 80s films always get a little bit more of a, get a little more, a few more marks for me just for being that. But that, that's it, mate, really. That's uh, two and a half Justice Leagues. That's good for a stitch up film. It's not bad at all. I might just watch it just for the little scenes. It's on, uh, well, it's on Amazon Prime. So I'm really surprised it's on Amazon Prime, to be honest. <laughs> who requested that? So we're done with, with uh, my Stitch Up review. Shall we move on to the poll? Yes. Find out, find out who lost this week's poll. So last week's episode, you chose for me to watch it's Little Italy, which is a romance film. Mm-hmm. And I chose for you to watch Braindead, which is a... Uh, a gore film and it's a it's a good cult film and everyone keeps saying to me why did you choose brain dead it's a good film I'm like, i know but it's gore and i think michael might hate it so i don't know oh it was a bit of drama again mate it's always a always a bit of drama with these polls <laughs> wasn't it? so i put it on i and i was i was losing uh and it was a landslide uh may have recruited some people to help me out i also recruited some people to help you out mate Brilliant. So I was losing and then the tides turned quite massively. We had 19 votes in total. Oh, wow. Nice. The loser got 13 votes. And it's you, mate. You're watching Braindead. You're you're watching Braindead because 13 people want you to watch Braindead. (sighs) So that's good. That's good to know that it wasn't only my two votes that changed that. It was a landslide. It was a landslide, yeah. It was I'm, a landslide. I'm kind of okay end. with... You said, is, is it Peter Jackson? Peter Jackson. You might enjoy it. I'll be, I just, I'm just interested to see what you think about it. And I do remember it being quite graphic. So, you know, fingers crossed. But luckily, oh. going forward, I have really bad horror films for you. So, you know. We'll get this good one out of the way. You can have this one. Great, fantastic. I'm a bit, I'm a bit shattered that you won't have to, you won't get to see Hayden Christensen's uh, a terrible uh, New Yorker Italiano accent in this film. I've watched really? this film a couple times. My God, it's terrible. Yeah. And even just some of the lines in it as well, just like a bit cringeworthy. Um, I bet they are. Oh yeah, that's that's fine. I'm happy to watch Brain Dead. 
I think I've got a choice for you. I feel like the past three times when you've lost, you've you've actually gone first. So I feel like I should go first again with my choice. Okay. I'm not sure if you guys have put this on Stitch Up, but I'm just going to go with it. It is a 2004 film at Bollywood. Yep. Bride and Prejudiced. Bride and Prejudice. <laughs> Does sound familiar. How long is it? 111 minutes long. Just under that two-hour mark, and it's a shame. <laughs> All right. Well, look. Hopefully, we won't have to find out anything else about it. But Bride and Prejudice is going on your list for me. All right. Cool. All right. Sticking with horror, this one again has got all right ratings. Oh, I don't know if I'm going right. to choose this one actually now. Right, I'm going. To, I know. I'm switching it up. I know I'm going to go for. Right. Okay. We just watched Tenebrae, Dario Argento film. We've spoken about Suspiria a little bit. Keeping mm. with Dario Argento, he kind of he's kind of not doing great films of late since the '90s, apparently. But he's um, oh. he did a film in 2012 called Dracula 3D, and it's got <laughs> <laughs> it's got 1.6 on Letterboxd. Wow! It's got terrible reviews. I am assured that it's bad. Dracula 3D. For next poll, then Bride and Prejudice for me versus Dracula 3D for you. <laughs> so for the next episode, then for our Tilda episode, we're going to be doing. We need to talk about Kevin and Only Lovers Left Alive. <laughs> and is slowly turning the page over right now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> You're going to be watching Brain Dead, and then for the next yeah. poll, it's Bride and Prejudice versus Dracula 3D. And that's it. That's Italian stuff done, mate. Italian stuff done and dusted thanks for all of your research mate i enjoyed all the italian stuff we didn't do enough italian phrasing though did we miss scusi yeah. i've written them down here por favor grazie caldissimo freddissimo <laughs> we're italian out i'm all spaghetti out all biscotti don't don't go there don't go there <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, thanks. If you've made it this far, um, I don't know how you've done it, but thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. And we really appreciate all the support that we get on, on Instagram and, and other platforms and Twitter and stuff. It's, it means a lot. And uh, yeah, we appreciate it. But um, if you want to catch up with the show, I'm on flick.face on Instagram or flick underscore face on Twitter. You can email us at twinpixpod at gmail.com. What about you? You can find me on Nico Creative or Chicanika on Instagram. I've recently got a few people who have uh, given me some ideas for films, so I've added them to the list. Brilliant. It's nice to get yeah. these ideas, isn't it? It's chat yeah. to people and get their views on things. And I've got a few stitch-up films for you by way of recommendations. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so there we go. Good. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch up with you next time. Next time. Next time, next week, next time. Next time. In the future, pe- future period. Of- bye, bye, ciao. Ciao. What a note Get some Chuck Norris in you, apparently. <laughs> you didn't want to say it, did you? You didn't want to say it. <laughs> I was like, hmm, how do I say you get some Chuck Norris in you? In Italian. <laughs> I get some Chuck Norris in you. Yeah, that's how you say it.